0: Thank you so much, Jeremy, and worship team for leading us. Uh, It is so good to worship together. Thanks to everybody that's here tonight and those that are joining us online uh, right now or anytime over this weekend or even into this next week. I love that we can offer that opportunity for those that don't feel quite ready to to come back in person yet. Uh, I want us to all just take a moment, and I want you to think about perhaps a conversation that you might have maybe maybe it's somebody that you uh, work with maybe it's somebody in your family maybe it's a friend at school and and you're sitting over the over the table a cup of coffee or maybe at lunch or you're at a game and and they start to just kind of share what's really going on in in life and and things start to go underneath the surface and and they say things like you know i things are good and you know i've got a great family or maybe i've got a great job or oh school's going well but deep down inside, I'm struggling, and I just feel feel like I've I've lost some of who I'm supposed to be. I wonder how would you respond if they said they said I just I just want to be happy again. What what would you say to that that friend? You know you might you might say something like, well, uh, you know you just need to dive back into who you really are. Do whatever it takes to get back to the real you. And that that sounds like good wisdom or advice at first glance, but then what happens when that person does start to kind of try to rediscover the real them, but what they find as the real them, they don't really like all of that. Or maybe we would respond in a different way. Maybe we just simply, you know, pat them on the back and say, listen, I know, hey, sometimes you're just going through hard times. It's just, it's just a season. Or, hey, hang in there. You'll... You'll make it through. And again, at first glance, that seems like good wisdom. You're you're just trying to offer encouragement. You're just trying to to, to give a little bit of hope. But what happens weeks, maybe months later, and that, that friend is still feeling the same way. And they haven't made it through. And things haven't gotten better. And they feel still like they're missing a part of who... They really are. What do we say to them? (laughs) See, I think it points to a fact that what that friend might need and truly what every single one of us need is a purpose-filled life that goes beyond the things that we have or the things that we do. And I think this is the kind of life that Jesus was inviting people into when he first walked this earth. In fact, it's uh, found in John chapter 8, verse 12. These are Jesus' words. He said, it says, Jesus spoke to the people once more, and he said to them, I am the light of the world. He said, if you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. <laughs> like real life. A purpose-filled kind of life. And over the next several weeks, as we've launched into this series called Growing Deeper, it's really a a picture of the future, looking ahead to even all the way into 2023. For the next three years, we want to accept Jesus' invitation to discover that kind of purpose-filled life. And we want to grow deeper together. Last weekend, we were introduced to the the first, I guess you would call it root that we want to focus on, that we want to deepen our lives with and we as a church, and that was the root of building a culture of family. And this weekend, we look at root number two, which is to become like Jesus. Now, we may say, well, what does that really mean? What does it really mean look like to become like Jesus. I love the way that Dallas Willard puts it. He says, True Christ-likeness, true companionship with Christ comes at the point where it is hard not to respond as he would. Could Could you imagine living that kind of life, always responding the way that Jesus responded? how that would change our lives, how that would change our work relationships, our family relationships. Think about what it looks like to respond the way that Jesus always responded, even when you see how he lived in the Gospels. Becoming like Jesus, it, it, it means that we'd always show up and, and, and show love to all people regardless of how they treated us. Boy, do we need some of that kind of love right now in our world. Becoming like Jesus looks like uh, being quick to forgive instead of harboring bitterness. Wow, do we need that kind of response in a day like today. Becoming like Jesus means embracing pain and suffering as a means to trusting God more deeply. Wouldn't it be incredible if that's how we viewed Pain and suffering in our lives or the lives of, of those that we care about. Finally, becoming like Jesus uh, means being able to discern God's voice and know what his will is for life. Wouldn't we like to know that and have a courage and a confidence like Jesus did? What would it be like to become more like Jesus? I think that life is possible. In fact, I think it's the life that Jesus invites you and I into. And yet the reality is that life is not easy to truly embrace or discover. It's not something that we can just kind of, you know, become more like Jesus. Just, you know, act nicer and respond better and love people more. If we try to do that with just kind of like moral effort, we are going to be completely drained, uh, disgruntled, frustrated, overwhelmed, feel like a failure. I mean, it would be like picking up a basketball for the first time and just feeling like you should be able to play like LeBron James. Like, we know that's not going to happen. It's not possible. There is a long and sometimes arduous process. And yet it is a process for our good. And as we look in the Gospels, which really are the biography of of Jesus' life, we see a pattern that ultimately leads to becoming more like Jesus. But it has to start somewhere. And when I look at the Gospels, it starts this way. It always starts with belonging, which leads to believing, which then eventually leads to becoming. So I want us to think for a few minutes about each of these and, and, and to start before we're ever going to believe in Jesus or become like Jesus. In fact, there might be those of you that are watching online, those of you that are here this weekend, and you say, well, I, I don't even know if I want to become like Jesus. I'm not even sure what I believe about Jesus. Well, if that's you, I want you to know that the very first step is to know that Jesus wants you to belong to belong to Him, to belong here in the fellowship of a, ch- a church family. You know, one of the most frustrating things is, is, as a pastor is to, to hear stories of people that, that have, made, have been made to feel less than, people that feel that they, like they could never live up, people that feel like they could never fit in with the church or Jesus. Because of who they are, and that, you know they, they've got to get their acts cleaned up, and they need to do better, and they've got something to somehow prove in order to be accepted, in order to belong. And, and yet, that's so far from how Jesus lived when he walked this earth. You think about the people that Jesus welcomed into his company. I think about in the Gospel of John, we read about um, some disciples, some followers of John the Baptist. And when Jesus came onto the scene, uh, these guys were kind of unsure about this Jesus figure. They didn't believe in Jesus. They were just kind of watching from afar, checking things out, wondering, is this true? Is, is Jesus really the, the Savior, the, the Messiah that has been promised to come? Look at the interaction in John chapter 1, verse 38 and 39. It says, and Jesus looked around and he sat, uh, he saw them following and he said, what do you want? He asked them. They replied, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? And Jesus responds, I love it. Come and see. Come and see. And the rest of the story says it was about 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And when they went with him to the place where he was staying, and then they remained with him for the rest of the day. Isn't it interesting? You, You know, Jesus knew probably that these guys were questioning who he was, and they had not taken the step of belief or putting their faith in Jesus. They were just kind of checking things out. And yet, before they believed in Jesus... Jesus said you belong with me. Before they ever accepted Jesus, Jesus accepted them. This is what it means to belong. Time and time again, Jesus welcomed people. Welcomed people that other people had questions about. Welcomed other people that religious people, honestly, thought I don't they don't they don't belong here, do they? <laughs> I mean, do we really want this kind of riff-raff around? Think about it in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 15, verses uh, 1 and 2. It says that tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. There was something so, so drawing, so enamoring about Jesus and his words of life that the most rugged, rebellious kind of people were drawn to him. And he didn't say, well, you know, you need to really get some things straight in your life, you know. He just welcomed them. He gave them a place to belong. And it says that the Pharisees and the teachers of the religious law, they complained because he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. That word associate there means to to come into companionship with. Jesus would sit down at a table with men and women that no church person would want to be around. He wanted everybody to know there was a place at the table for them that everybody belonged. And I don't know where you're at. You might be here this weekend. You might be watching online. You go, man, I don't know. You're one of those people who say, oh, if I went to church, you know, it's all going to cave in. Or you think to yourself, oh, man, if people really, like, if people knew the real me, they'd never associate. They'd they'd kick me out of this place. If that's you, I want you to know. (laughs) Jesus says, come on, come and see. You belong. But Jesus, when he, as he welcomed people, he didn't want them to just stay there. He didn't want people to only know that they were welcomed, that they were accepted, and that they were loved by him. Jesus then invites us to take a next step, to move from just belonging to believing, to placing our faith and trust in Jesus. And when we believe in him, that eventually will lead to the becoming more like him. But at first, we have to believe. So how does a person take that first step of belief? The Bible uses the word uh, repentance. In, in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, Jesus it says, From then on, Jesus began to preach, Repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Now, we hear that word repent, and depending on your background, you have lots of images running around in your mind. It might be a preacher behind a pulpit waving his finger at you, making you feel guilty, beating you down. Maybe you have your own sense of uh, repent. Uh, you know, it's like I've got to weep and wail, and, you know. And sometimes we think that that, that word repent has to do with, you know, condemnation, but I'm telling you. The call to repent is not about condemnation. It is actually an invitation. It's an invitation to start seeing ourselves the way God sees us. To start seeing God for who he really is. And to step into a real living relationship with the God of the universe that loves us. The one that we belong to. In fact, that word, repent, literally means to change your mind or to to change your thinking. Well, to change your mind about what? Well, first to change our mind about ourselves. And then to change our mind about who God is and who Jesus is. Who he really was and why he really came. Elsewhere, uh, Jesus is recorded as saying, repent and believe the Good news. Good news is it's the word that we, where we get the word, the gospel. I love how Tim Keller defines the gospel. He says, the gospel is this, that we are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dared believe. What Tim Keller is saying is that if we really uh, repent and change our thinking about ourselves, we'll recognize and admit that deep down, inside the core of who we are, we are we are selfish beings. That we are imperfect. That we are flawed. That on our best days, we'll still blow it. That, and to, to, to repent is to say, I don't want to live that way any longer. I don't want to live a facade. I don't want to be a fake. I don't, I don't want to try to put on something to prove myself to others or to prove myself to God, to finally come to that place where I I say, God, I repent, forgive me for who I really am and change me. That's why Tim Keller goes on, he says, the gospel is this, we're more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dared believe, yet at the same time, we are more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we ever dared believe. Jesus wants you to know you belong. That you are one of his beloveds. But to repent is to recognize how sinful and wicked we can be. But also to recognize how deeply loved we are by God. Loved so much that God would send his one and only son to live a perfect life the life that we couldn't live, to die a shameful death like a criminal on a cross, not because he was a criminal, but because we're criminals, and to be buried in the grave and then rise again three days later to prove that he has the power over death, the power over sin, the power over the grave, so that we could have real life a purpose-filled life that goes beyond what we do or what we have. Jesus is inviting us to repent and turn to him, to believe, to believe in him. So Jesus welcomed people all along the way, and we want to be a church that grows deep by letting everybody know they can belong. You are loved here. You are welcomed here. You are accepted here. But to help people then take their next step to believe, to to, to explore and wrestle and doubt, but to come to that place where even with questions we know enough about how much God loves us that we say, I've got to follow you. I've got to give my life to you. You've done everything for me, and so I want to give my life and everything I have back to you. That's believing. And then we start the process of becoming. Becoming more and more like Jesus. Day by day. Moment by moment. So that we're we're responding now more with love. We respond with forgiveness instead of bitterness that we, 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 we respond uh, with grace and mercy, that, that we have confidence and courage to know God's voice and to follow His way. But how do we make sure? Because I think a lot of us have come to that place of believing in Jesus, and somewhere along the way, things got stalled out. And, a, you know, a few things changed about our lives, but if we were honest We've kind of been the same for a long time now. And we know we belong, we know Jesus loves us and and we we do believe and we know what Jesus has done for us. But we stopped becoming. And Jesus is inviting us into a becoming kind of life. So how do we make sure that we don't stall out? I love what Jesus said in John chapter 8 verses 31 and 32. It says Jesus said to his To the people who had believed in him. So these are people who had belonged and had believed. He says, But you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. Jesus said, Once we belong and then we believe, the next step is to begin following. That's what a disciple is a learner, a follower. And a disciple becomes like their master or their teacher. And our teacher, our master as believers in Christ now is Jesus. Which means I, we should be looking more and more like Jesus. And Jesus says, here's how you're going to look more and more like me if you remain faithful to my teachings. That word remain, it means an active, moment by moment, day by day, Choosing to align our lives with God's truth. Remaining faithful to his teachings. His teachings, the, the things that he taught in the Gospels, the, the compiled word of God that we hold in our hands that we call the Bible. It's the, the guidebook to life. It's, it gives us the answers for life. But it also shows us how we are to live And become more and more like Jesus. And Jesus said, you will become more and more like me if you are faithful to my teachings. And he finishes in verse uh, 32 and says, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. I think when Jesus said that, he must have known that in people's thought process and minds, especially the people of that day, that were so honed in on a religious system that was so full of do's and don'ts that it felt like if you were going to follow Jesus, it was going to limit your life. That he, he was a, just a that God is some sort of cosmic killjoy, and uh, the rules are just going to kind of crowd you in. And yet Jesus said, "No, no, no. You don't understand." If you obey my teachings, my teachings are life. You'll know the truth, and the truth, it's not going to limit your life. No, it's going to set you free to discover real life. A life becoming more and more like Jesus. And that's why over these next three years, as part of our Uh, Vision 2023, growing deeper, our our second root is to become more like Jesus. So by 2023, our heart's desire is that we would help everybody become Christ-centered in every aspect of their lives. That, that, that who you are as a student, that who you are in the workplace, that who you are as a mom, that who you are as a dad, a grandpa, an uncle, a coach, a teacher, a plumber, who, whoever you are in all the things that you get to do, that it would be shaped and formed by Jesus. That we would become more and more like Him. That people would look at our lives... And they go, that seems like Jesus. Can you imagine? Can you imagine what would happen if that was our journey? And so over these next three years, uh, we're going to focus on things like learning how to read the Bible and to understand God's word. We're going to focus on incorporating spiritual disciplines and rhythms and habits in life that will help us draw closer to Jesus so that he can shape our lives. We're going to continue to embrace what we call here at the chapel, the row, the circle, the chair, and go. Spending quality time with others in worship and growing in his truth and, and in a circle c- coming together with others so that they can sharpen our lives and we can encourage each other and hold each other accountable, not to become a better version of ourselves, but, but to become more and more like Jesus. That we'll take our next steps in our spiritual growth uh, model, wherever you're at, exploring or beginning, or or you've truly engaged your faith, or you're at a place where you're ready to influence others for Jesus. And ultimately, we're going to offer many new uh, focus classes where, where we can learn and grow together. To get head knowledge, to know more about Jesus? No. To become more like Jesus. That's what it's about. And in doing so, I think of Jesus' beautiful prayer in John chapter 17 will become the answer to that prayer as we become more like Jesus when Jesus prayed, make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. You know, I remember growing up as a little kid, there were lots of different things that I wanted to be, people that I wanted to be like. Even as a young Christian, there were people that I idolized and, you know, I thought, man, I I just want to be more like him. I I just want to be more like her. And you know, the reality is that there are no perfect people. And some of those people that I thought I wanted to be more like, when I really got to know them, I realized, oh, I I don't want to be like that part of them. And truly what I've discovered is that the people that I really want to become more like are the people that are becoming more like Jesus. And so we invite you into that kind of journey, that you and I would help each other become more like Jesus, and as a result, many more would discover who the real Jesus is. Would you pray with me? God, thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness. God, thank you that you sent your son Jesus to walk on this earth. And he is the model, the example. He is the prize. He is the end. He's the trophy. He is everything. And Jesus, I pray that you would would empower us to, to know that we belong. To put our faith and trust in you by believing. But that we would not stall out, Jesus. But that day by day, we would help one another, and even those that do not know you yet, to become more like Jesus. We pray this and ask this in your name. Amen. God bless you guys as you go. Thanks for those of you that joined us online. And uh, in just a moment, our greeting team will be by to dismiss you row by row. Thanks so much. Have a great rest of your weekend.